This is Rebecca Lowe, or Rebecca Lua, if you listen to Suboptimal Radio, and you are listening to Men in Blazers on the NBC Sports Network. It's It's Rog. It's Monday. Oh, we made it through another weekend. And these words are heavy with emotion. We are just two more sleeps away from the return of the game we love. Of course, God, it's predictable. At the very same time, a new reading of the Mayan calendar suggests the end of the world is coming next week. I honestly don't know how to balance all of these extreme emotions. The Premier League resumes, and of course the world only goes in bloody ends. Only suggestion I have is this. Let's not take a second for granted. Let's savour every moment. Even a drubbing at home to title-winning Liverpool. I'm going to love it all. Two notes before we dive in. The Men in Blazers show is back! On television, maybe that's what the Mayans were banging on about when they meant the end of the world. It's our crap they were referring to. We are back this Friday, June 19th at 6pm Eastern Time on NBCSN. Only to break down Manchester City's please don't lose for the love of God game against Arsenal. And we are back again the next week, Thursday, June 25th at 6pm Eastern Time. Fast and furious. We're going to celebrate in that one the closing gap at the top of the table. Can't happen again, can it? One more NATO business. What in the great Haran? We're also back on Insta Live for a Budweiser happy hour with none other than US Women's National Team winner and Portland Thorns star Lindsay Haran. She's one of my favourite footballers and it's going down tomorrow night, Tuesday, June 16th at 7pm Eastern Time. Send us your questions for Lindsay via Twitter or email you know what you're listening to, WGFOP The Bald, the show where you ask us your big questions, especially now the Premier League's returning. They are massive and we fling together oh, ill-informed answers. Call us now, 646-450-9472. Let's sting it up. Liverpool College Breakdancing Crew Unite. We had no choice but to obey the track's rhythmic beats, the hand claps, the spacey sonic sound, the hand claps, the spacey sonic sounds. We were coordinated, we were exaggerated. Awful, awful crap. The name is Smithy, and did I mention, you'll see me nightly in detention. I'm King Rog Rock, the one thing faster than our teachers can cane us, and they are the cane masters. Awful, awful crap. I've got a hat, not a visor, a drink Budweiser. The turntables up on the drum riser. Next question, please, DJ. Yeah, boy! I love that sting. It's Liverpool College Breaking Crew by Brian Lamb from Boulder, Colorado. Question one, take it to the bridge. Hey, Raj, this is Patrick and Hayden from Waco, Texas, 254, and I support Arsenal. And I'm just wondering, uh, what should I do with my life after Premier League returns on Wednesday? And I see Arsenal lose 4-1 with a consolation goal in the 89th minute by Socrates, probably. Do I cry? Do I disown my team? Or do I rally and go on Saturday for more disappointment? Thank you. Hello, Patrick. Hello, Waco. Yes, it's coming back into our loving arms. Got to tell you, 100 days without the Premier League. (sighs) 
so many of those being dark, dark realities in which, honestly, I didn't think the season would come back no how, no way. Too many barriers, challenges, threats, coronavirus, why, oh why, oh why. And in that time, Patrick, I've come to realise exactly the contours of the role that football plays in my life. It's massive. It makes me feel alive. Yes, it connects me to a roiling global conversation, connects me to so many thousands of different people who are uh, different to me in so many ways, but we share a love of the game. And I love that conversation about the soap opera storylines, the feelings, the feelings of humanity. And I'll say this, as an Everton fan, to an Arsenal fan, so from one human who knows hope and its conjoined twin, false hope, who knows shattered self-destruction and folly, you know, game recognised game, I'll say this, I would bite your hand off to have Origi break my heart in the Merseyside derby right now. You know, so much of our life of old that we took for granted, like the artfulness of a Socrates' own goal. Let's you and me, Patrick from Waco, make a pact. We will never take them for granted again. Indeed, one of the things I've thought about this weekend is that this lockdown experience has been a life of trauma for so many people, for so many terrible reasons. Terrible reasons, but it's also taught us incredible lessons in terms of tenacity, resilience and perseverance to a new era of tenacity, resilience and perseverance within our football fandom. Do your worst, Jordan Pickford. You too, David Louise. It's a red card. And David Louise's return to Stamford Bridge ends after 25 minutes. Next question. Hi, Raj. Uh, my name is Nick and I hail from the sporting sister city of Liverpool, Boston, Massachusetts. And I am a proud uh, Liverpool Football Club supporter. Uh, my question has to do with the announcement that the Premier League is backing the player-led initiative to support the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, particularly by displaying the Black Lives Matter slogan on the back of kits for the first 12 games of the Project Restart era. Uh, do you think that this is a significant first step in melding institutional and player power into actual change, and will it hopefully have a knock-on effect for other big leagues around the world um, fingers crossed, UEFA and FIFA included. Godspeed, uh, my beautiful ball of friends, and uh, I look forward to uh, lifting the Premier League trophy at a Goodison Park asterisk or not. Uh, thank you. This this is a fantastic question. You know, I've been thrilled by every step global football's taken during the Black Lives Matter protest last week in the Bundesliga, watching Dortmund kick off and before the game, every single player. Every coach, even the match officials, taking a knee ahead of kickoff. This week in Spain, Marcelo scoring, taking a knee, raising a fist. Oh, and what a stonker of a goal too. The Premier League players have already announced that they're going to wear Black Lives Matter across the back of their jerseys, where their names typically reside, as well as a Black Lives Matter patch. There'll be a National Health Service patch as well. I'll say credit the magnificent Troy Deeney and Wes Morgan for their leadership on the issue. More on Troy Deeney in a moment. But what the footballers are shaping up to do is proof that football has been changed by this three months of lockdown. It's really grasping the opportunity to be something that it hasn't always been when we're being honest. 
which is a force for good. So what we're seeing is what I'd describe as a significant first step, but what will be crucial is how the Premier League goes next, how it commits to uplifting these voices, because symbols and patches and goal celebrations, those are one thing. And I've been heartened speaking to so many African-American GFOPs who've told us just how unbelievably energising it is to see Arsenal wear their Black Lives Matter jerseys, to see Liverpool take a knee before training. You know, the Liverpools, the Bayerns, the Dortmunds, but it's got to go next level. It has to go deeper. It has to be real words. Words are one thing. Action is another entirely. Gary Neville, you may remember him as a United player, has become the face of the Premier League on Sky Sports in Britain. He said yesterday, forget campaigns, forget words. It has to be actions. It has to be demonstrative. It has to be real and happen. We need to take a giant leap rather than minute steps each year. We know the obvious discrimination, the obvious abuse. It's easy for us to see that. But we need to talk about equal representation in boardrooms, on the coaching side, up and down this country. And I say Gary Neville's admission and regret about not doing more to defend Ashley Cole from racist attacks during games in the past is a brand of shame I think a lot of people are thinking about and feeling right now. And I've often said, Football is just a mirror of the society that surrounds it. Britain society, it needs to soul search just as much as America's does. We, we've seen that this weekend with the horrific far-right counter-demonstrations in London. Football can lead. It can. And it has a unique chance to lead here. Will it? We'll have to wait and see. Next question. Hey, Rod. This is Stephen Thorne from Norman, Oklahoma. Manchester United fan. Uh, my question is about Paul Pogba and the return of Manchester United against Jose Mourinho's Spurs. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has vowed that United's going to hit the ground running. We all know that Paul Pogba loves an audience. So could we see a return to form from Paul Pogba in the same midfield as our deliverer Bruno Fernandes? Or are we going to hit June 19th? And Paul Pogba is inexplicably going to have a reason to be on the bench. And we're going to be disappointed once again. Courage. Thanks for bringing so much life to us week in, week out. Steve Thorne from Norman, Oklahoma. Best Norman since Whiteside. It is amazing. It is amazing to watch Manchester United once more brim with so much optimism. Well, We haven't seen that in years, and a few teams resented the break more than Liverpool. United were on the back of an 11-match unbeaten run when the pandemic shut down the league, and they were arguably more pissed off about the pause than Liverpool. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer oh, is inching towards the opportunity to diffuse that girthy shadow of Pochettino that looms over Old Trafford by guaranteeing the return of Champions League football. Rightful. Champions League football. That's how it used to be for United. But now it's progress. And that progress will start against Tottenham on Friday afternoon. Much of United's forward motion has been actualised by the arrival of Tucson Portuguese. Bruno Fernandes arrived in our lives in January. And Pogba has cut a disgruntled figure, let's say, for much of the season. Struck down by injury. 
and a dose of want-away-itis, his agent constantly briefing the press that big moves away from United were forthcoming. Those big moves probably scuppered by the financial realities of football caused by pandemic, so Pogba has little choice but to knuckle down and try and summon the routine brilliance that he's quite capable of providing alongside Bruno Fernandes in that United midfield. Stuff of dreams, really, but slight challenge. Bruno Fernandes has thrived with a free roll, two holding midfielders locking down the space behind him. Pogba also likes to maraud. The question of whether they can play together, that's the footballing storyline of the week. Which player will defer to the other? Which player will be a number 10? Will Pogba have to play deeper? Will he make the team at all or come off the bench? Might Ole change his shape to jam both of his stars onto the field? Might Fernandez shift out onto the flank roll on Friday? And until then, United fans keep breaking down every single United social video from training like Kremlinologist to glimpse if the two are combining well on the practice field. I have to say, it's a great dilemma for United. And while this is perhaps the biggest test for Ole's man management and tactical acumen, it's honestly been so long since the old Trafford faithful have had a positive dilemma to enthuse about. It's honestly magical to see them so excited about that immediate future, which is within touching distance. It's Pogba! He's a showman, and that's a showstopper. He comes to life in a Manchester United shirt. Oh, I'm just here for more Pogba penalties. Let's sting it up. You're tuned in to Suboptimal Radio for Suboptimal Times. WDFOP. One of my favourite stings all time. That's Fast Car. Fast Car by Michael Maguire. Into the next question. Hey, Rog. This is Kerry out in Tucson, Arizona. I support FC Tucson, the men's and women's U.S. My question for you is, as a I'm a gay fan of football. We've had a couple of out players in the U.S. Do you think they'll ever be out gay players in Europe? Thanks again for all you do. We, we appreciate it. Um, looking forward to Prem coming back this weekend. Courage. Carrie Allen in Tucson, Arizona. If you'd asked me that question back in January, I would have said no with deep sadness. And regret, but honesty, because Premier League football is a juggernaut, but it's never been a cultural pioneer. It's more like the NFL, a brand play, and that brand was always politically risk-averse. However, the tectonic plates of pandemic and Black Lives Matter movement have collided, created the beginning, just a glimpse of the new paradigm of footballer. Amidst the chaos, pioneering athletes have seized the freedom Really, to be themselves and to charge into leadership roles on complex social and political issues, football players have almost been trained to avoid in the old world. You've got Hector Bellerin, who's always been an intellectually curious gent. God, I'd love to have him come on the show. Bellerin taking a lead on the issue of race with DeAndre Yedlin and then stepping up towards the end of last week to talk about mental health with Prince William and Obama Yang, Raheem Sterling. I sometimes forget he is just 25. He has been around so long. He has dazzled us and he's also suffered. I mean, suffered far more than he should have on his way to glory and has been so resilient, so courageous in his leadership in this moment on the issues of race. And now Marcus 
Rashford. What what a human being Marcus Rashford is. What an inspiration that gent is. Stepping up in in a, in a moment of uh, of chaos in Britain, campaigning to end child hunger. He wrote yesterday a beautiful open letter to members of Parliament demanding they protect the vulnerable from hunger. It includes a powerful line as a black man. From a low-income family in Withenshaw, Manchester, I could have been just another statistic. Instead, due to the selfless action of my mum, my family, my neighbours and my coaches, the only stats I'm associated with are goals, appearances and caps. And I'd be doing myself, my family and my community an injustice if I didn't stand here today with my voice and my platform and ask you for help. These are remarkable. These are new paradigms of professional footballers that are emerging effortlessly, fusing their platforms with social issues in a deeply authentic way. Now you can support football and feel optimism about the future. So I feel optimistic about this the issue of gay players, even though, even though English footballers' history on this issue has been quite terrible. If you don't know the story of Justin Fashnu, Google it. Terrific. He's the only openly gay male footballer in British history. A brilliant young striker. Brilliant. Scored one of the best goals I ever saw as a kid for Norwich. Yes, it was against Liverpool. YouTube it. He moved to then powerhouse Nottingham Forest. Clashed with the legendary manager Brian Clough. It was kind of a Bob Knight kind of character. And he took issue with Fashionu's homosexuality, which was known internally within the clubs, but kept on the DL. Uh, and after that, really, Fashionu lost his confidence, became a journeyman, bounced from club to club. In 1990, there were rumours that one of the tabloids was going to out him. So he took a payday, gave an exclusive coming out interview to that awful dread tabloid, The Sun, dragged by the press, story Oh, it is emotionally devastating. It ends with Fashnu taking his own life at the age of just 37. And yesterday, the great Troy Deeney talked yesterday on Louis Theroux's podcast about the issue of homosexuality within the Premier League. And he said this. I think what people don't want to do, so that are gay or from that community, definitely are very worried about having to shoulder the responsibility of being the first I think once the first comes out, there'll be loads. Let me put this out, Nick. Can you imagine if Ronaldo were gay or bisexual? If he come out and said it, I genuinely believe you would get, in the first week, 100 people that went, me too, just because they don't want to be the face of it. In football? Yeah, in any sport. But yes, I certainly believe that I would go on record probably saying there is probably one gay or bi person in every football team. That is Troy Deeney from the Louis Theroux podcast. Give it a listen because it is amazing. And I'll say this, may Deeney's words become true and soon. May we live in a world in which this remarkable ethos of change that flows around us charges into the Premier League in every single way it needs to and changes it for the force of good and soon. Courage. Hi, Raj. My name is Ben Z. I'm a classical trombonist based in Chicago, Illinois. I actually started tuning into your show, American Fiasco. That was the first exposure I had to what you're doing. Uh, and I decided I was going to start following Premier League 
football, but I still don't have a club to support. I'm a Cubs fan lifelong, and I know what it feels like when your team lets you down when maybe an owner says something that maybe they shouldn't have. So I, what I want to know is, going into the return of the Premier League, what's a team that maybe they'll let me down on their score sheet, but they won't let me down on the social justice issues that are so important? Uh, and maybe some anecdotes of things that maybe were good or bad that we should think about and be concerned about. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, love the show. Uh, have a good one. Benzie! I love a bit of trombone, mate. You Duke Ellington, you goat. I also love this question because in this era of living our values consciously, we should have football clubs that reflect values other than razzle-dazzle and money. They should aspire to reflect their traditions, their core values, and some still aspire to. I've said before, and you do in this dark time of pandemic, the reality, the true side of people have come out, the true side of businesses, the true side of brands, the true side of organisations and the true side of football clubs have come out for good and for bad. And I've said before, I'll say it again, Everton have made me so bloody proud during the pandemic. Club have not put a foot wrong. Far from it, just say the amount of deep thinking that they have done to try and answer what do we stand for almost every day and then act upon it. You know, asking who are we responsible for, the needy in the community, Old players, veteran players, fallen on hard times, fans around the world living the struggle. Amazing, amazing what they've done. So, Ben Z, welcome to Everton, mate. But I should also mention Arsenal, who've been just fantastic, taking a lead around the Black Lives Matter protests. More on that in a moment. And Brighton and Hove Albion, what a club, proper local. I love being in that city. It is a distinctive city of just glorious, progressive harmony in many ways. And the club reflect that. They're deeply rooted in the city that surround them. They have stepped up, Brian, to become an honest voice throughout the pandemic, giving weekly on-the-record accounts of all of the challenges, warts and all, that Premier League clubs were trying to work through. Talking to the media, they made the owner, their chief executive, the manager, the players available to respond on every single issue. They did not shy away. Huge props. Bigger teams in Brighton were paralysed into silence. It would have been so easy to hide behind the virus, especially struggling as they are. And I'll say this, I am rooting for Brighton in the run-in. But back to Arsenal, I have genuinely been blown away by how vocal their players, both black and white, have been on the Black Lives Matter issue. And I'm not alone. On Friday, (laughs) we released an interview that producer J-Dubs did with Aston Mack, a remarkable bloke who has been organising demos down in Orlando, Florida, came on our radar simply because a GFOP sent a photograph, beautiful photograph of Aston confronting police in Orlando whilst wearing an Obama Yang Arsenal jersey, the away jersey, the bruised banana. And we reached out to Aston and well, this is his story. It's inspiring and it also reinforces the crucial sense that football can have, that should have, please God will have, a massive impact on our world, both on the field, starting Wednesday, and off it, in a way that transcends goals, wins and titles, and football will be all the more impactful because of it.
We'll be back tomorrow with a Davo pod. Until then, keep couraging. Here's Aston. I wear my Arsenal kit when I need strength. My name is Aston. I'm a member of the Orlando community. My father was actually in prison for a very long time. And so I was without a father figure. I have never felt so defeated in my country than when I saw George Floyd die. Emotion without direction is self-destruction. We can't just be running around angry, yelling. We gotta have focus. So that night I said, okay, well, I'll start a group. I started the Orlando Freedom Fighters. The idea of having a good nexus for everybody to organize around the protest, to bring supplies, sign. The thing that gave me the strength to create off was the fact that on that day, I happened to be wearing an Arsenal kit. Our club model is Victoria Concrescent, which is victory through harmony. And Arsene Wenger actually did so much to level the playing field. Anelka, Thierry Henry, Vieira. I learned how to be a man watching Arsene Wenger. I've never seen somebody celebrate so hard and not care who he's celebrating with as long as they were wearing the badge. The badge is what gave me the strength to be out there because never, ever when I put on my kit has anyone ever even brought up my race. Because as soon as I put on this badge, I'm a gooner and that's all that matters. And that strength is what I wanted to bring to the Orlando Freedom Fighter groups to know that no matter who you are, no matter where you are, if you're fighting for the right cause, if you're behaving in the right way, that we accept you and we will be your family. As soon as I got home, the Orlando Gooners were the first people to contact me. They took your image and they go, who is this guy? We need to find him immediately. I was contacted within two hours of you posting that picture. And they're like, who are you? How do we not know you? I need to buy you a beer. What can we do? All of this support from not only here, but from around the world, it brings me up and says, hey, listen, there is hope. Football is behind us. And if they're behind us, I mean, football can do anything, man.